Well, the NRL power brokers have declared it is game on. Welcome to the big league wrap. Of course, the coronavirus pandemic is causing unheard of challenges and concerns for the community. But for now, it is game ahead for this 2020 premiership. A very good evening to you, James Hooper, Braitha Nasta and Michael Ennis. Morning, good to be the, back. Isn't it? Yeah. Eh? The Australian Prime Minister today, he declared that he's launching the targeted action phase, which means, gents, of course, social distancing, one and a half metres, if you don't mind, between us all. <laughs> and of course, gatherings of over 500 people or more are banned. And we weren't really sure what to expect from this morning's extraordinary press conference from NRL headquarters. Here is ARL chairman Peter Volandis. Firstly, thank you everyone for coming this morning. I know it's a Sunday and uh, probably inconvenient, but we thank you because we're in um, an area our game has never um, been in before. It's certainly one of the greatest challenges for us to stay viable uh, in the history of the game. So. I just want to start from the outset to say that any decision we make today may change tomorrow. This situation is fluid and is changing by the hour. We'll continue to take the best of expert advice, including what we have done to date, and that is the government and chief medical officers' um, information, and we've always acted on that advice. All decisions that we will make will have the safety and the health of our players as the paramount consideration. That also includes our staff and any other person involved in our great game. In this regard, we're leaving every option of available to us on the table. Because it's changing so quickly, we would be silly to go one direction. So we are going to review all options, including isolating players, including uh, suspending the season. In order to have the best expert advice, we have commissioned a biosecurity expert. We've also commissioned a pandemic expert. We need to have the best available information to us to make the best decisions. We are going to act in accordance with that advice. In the interim, we will continue round two. At this stage, um, we will play round two and assess the situation. It gives us that time to consider the biosecurity expert advice, the pandemic advice. It gives us time to consult our players, our staff and all the, all the other participants in our game. Peter Volandis there. As it stands, round two of this premiership will go ahead. What's the immediate impact for this NRL community? Oh, it's impossible to dance around it, Von. The sky has fallen in. But in the time-honoured tradition of the great rugby league administrators, think Ken Arthurson, think John Quayle, Peter Volandis is fighting. He's in the trenches and he's going to do everything he can to try and keep the game alive. As it sits at the moment, round two's game on. We'll be out there at ANZ Stadium for the Bulldogs and the Cowboys next Thursday. We won't have crowds, but the show must go on. Can you believe that we are where we are? Not just as a COVID, as a, as a nation. It's no, unbelievable. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, we keep hearing the phrase uncharted waters, and it is. I mean, we've never seen anything like it. And, and I'm with Hoops. I mean, rugby league's been such a big part of all our lives mm -hmm. for so many reasons. And, and to see the leadership that was shown today, not only by Peter Volandis, but also Todd Greenberg, at a time when the game is at its most vulnerable that it's ever been, I thought it was, was wonderful to see the fight that they're showing for us. Uh, I love the pressure that they put on the government because in society, sport plays such a big role. It plays an enormous role for so many reasons. And to, to think that uh, we wouldn't have rugby league um, during winter would be, it would be astounding. And I, I just, I think 
the flexibility that they showed today as well. Yeah. You know, he, he kept mentioning the word agile. No matter how much trouble the game's in, they will move uh, the post wherever they need to in terms of player welfare, player safety, uh, along with society safety as well with, with this pandemic that's going on. But it's... Dangerous. It's really, really scary. Well, especially when Peter Volandis is using words like catastrophic Unbelievable. And, and, you know, really alarmist well, kind of language. I think that was what was really scary about not only fans but players is the future of the game and the financial situation that the game is in at the moment. Um, calling on the government to help financially says to us that this is really serious and at any stage, if the game doesn't play, it may not go on. Well, that, that's really where we're at. And I talked earlier on the Sunday ticket about if you're a player how important it is for the game to continue on and to keep playing because they've got to support their families. They've got to you know, pay the bills and the mortgages and put food on the table for the kids. And there is stipulations in the contract that if the game um, does stop for any certain reason, uh, they, they, it, the players don't need to be paid. So it, it's a really scary time for everyone. You've got to look after your health. That is first and foremost. We all know that. But we've got jobs for a lot of people on the line here. And uh, it is, it's, uh, it's, it's scary times. Well, celebrated great Cameron Smith is the latest to call for the suspension of the NRL. You know, after we finish these matches on the weekends, we then return to our families. There's several guys in our squad who are going back to their families who, are, who have newborn babies. Craig has an elderly mother. My parents are in their 60s. Hey, Kevin. Craig's in his 60s. But, 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 but listening to medical advice, you know... He's in the risk bracket. The young babies are in the risk bracket. So, you know, we, we want to be playing rugby league. Let's not get anything, let's not cross what we're trying to say. We'd love to be playing, but this is a, this is a serious thing that's happening at the moment. Um, you know, I'm really confident, as Craig mentioned, with you know, the measures we're taking as a club, particularly from you know, our CEO, Dave Donnie, and our doctor, to minimise the risk around our organisation and anyone, you know, getting the, inf uh, the virus or, you know, being around large crowds, as I, as I said. Um, but, you know, I think if we make a decision to, to suspend the comp for a couple of weeks, then I, I think it just gives everyone an opportunity to actually sum up the situation a little bit better rather than being reactive daily or hourly. Yeah, Cameron Smith there, just urging people not to be reactive and to just consider those most vulnerable in our community, that being the elderly and the very young. Do you feel like it's a case, though, of not, not if but when a player will contract the coronavirus? Well, look, it's a game-changer the minute that a player does test positive. And we've already had three players tested for it, Bronson Sherry, Jairo at the Titans and also Angus Crichton. But thankfully, they've all come back negative. So... The game is doing everything within its power. There are doctors at every club, as you guys all know. There are medical experts above that at the NRL. They're all liaising constantly to ensure that player welfare is absolutely paramount through all, throughout all of this. But I think everybody needs to understand rugby league is a billion-dollar business. It's not just about the players who are playing the game and earning the big cream money. It's also about the grassroots. It's also about the flow-on effect for junior football and all the other lifeblood of the game. 
Well, let's just take a look. Uh, obviously, Corona has caused widespread havoc right across the sporting world. Now, this is what has been either cancelled or postponed. And just to, to show how resilient rugby league is. So all of the cricket's gone. The Masters at Augusta have been postponed. Shockwaves across the motorsport. F1, MotoGP and IndyCar. Um, the EPL Champions League and UEFA just... A ridiculous super rugby shelved uh, the Giro d'Italia the New York and London marathons the NBA has been suspended which is unbelievable the tennis tour Serena Williams it said she's gone to Instagram said she's staying inside her house for six months and the Olympic qualifiers now the only two going ahead <laughs> and there's a bit of a question mark against both of them I, I imagine but not NRL for now is rugby league and AFL what does that say about us pretty strong we, you know, we don't need to follow. We don't need to just follow suit because everyone else is doing it now. I, I go, and I kind of go back. This goes back to the Cameron Smith stuff as well. We need to trust our leadership here at the moment. Now, Valandi said the decision we make today may change tomorrow. They've got biosecurity experts, pandemic experts. They are monitoring this situation every second of the day. Leave it to them. Let them make the decisions. If you're if you're a player that doesn't feel comfortable and is really concerned about the health of you and your family, you don't need to play. You don't need to play. You can make that decision yourself. So it's not like anyone's holding a gun to the head of any player in the NRL to play or not. So you've got that decision to make. But you know, we're showing a lot of strength at the moment. I like what we're doing. Yeah. I do. I think it shows a lot of, uh, about our game. Uh, and the people that are involved. It's very on brand for rugby league. Isn't it, it is. I absolutely love it. All right, it coming up, we talk actual rugby league. How wonderful. And we cross live into Kingscliff where the Warriors are in lockdown. Blake Green coming up on the Big League Wrap. On this day in 2009, the Rabbitohs travelled across town to play the Roosters in the opening round. The Bunnies flogged the Chooks 52 to 12. Can you believe that? The biggest win against their arch rivals in almost 60 years. But March 15 belongs to my man, my great mate Paul Sirenan. Sirenan, 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 yes! One of the best blokes to play rugby league and one of my best mates. Ciro scored 22 tries in his career, but in round three, 1987, the Balmain legend scored his only hat-trick. The Tigers flogged the Rabbitohs that day, 42 to 10. Not a bad day for the Balmain boys. How good was that? Oh, and it's also Trent Robinson's birthday. Happy birthday, Robbo. Many happy returns. Uh, on this day, very happy birthday to you, Trent Robinson. And of course, what about Blocker and Ciro? Coronavirus wouldn't dare go near those two. Unbelievable. All right, well, the Warriors have been greatly affected by the coronavirus outbreak. And of course, New Zealand have had some pretty strict travel measures put in place. Uh, their halfback, Blake Green, is kind enough to join us via Fox FaceTime in their makeshift camp in Kingscliff. Blake, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Now, Todd Greenberg, he, he addressed the playing group last night and he, he proposed that you guys stay in Australia here for 16 days. Now the players, the Warriors have had a vote and what have they decided to do? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Bonnie. Um, I, you know, obviously Todd was Todd was great to be honest. He was um, you know, really open and honest with the situation and um, yeah, things can change it, it sort of on a day-to-day -day basis. So, um, you know, at this stage we, we agreed to um, stay in camp at Kingscliff uh, for the next seven days and um, continue on to round two in, in our game against the Raiders at uh, Seabus Stadium. 
Blake, I know it's a long way off and you just touched on that game against the Raiders in round two, but beyond that, what's the feeling amongst the playing group? Um, oh, to be honest, Hoops, I'm not 100% sure where, where everyone's at. We've obviously had, um, we've had two guys that uh, decided to head home uh, this morning. Um, you know, one of them with the impending uh, you know, birth happening uh, next week. Um, you know, Paddy Herbert just had had a baby about two weeks ago. Where um, it's just you know his partner there in Auckland on her own. So it was important that they went home and, and provided you know the necessary support for for their family. So um, with the the rule change, but you know by the government and the closing the borders with the isolation in Australia, um, you know there's no chance for for us to bring over players um, within the next two weeks, which which makes it challenging for us. Blake, can you take us inside those discussions that you had with Todd Greenberg? We understand that he came and uh, met with you guys at the hotel last night. And what were the players' biggest concerns in amongst that meeting? Um, oh, a few things, Mick. We um, obviously, you know, we've got a, a, a pretty big, um, uh, I guess, a number of, of sort of you know Polynesian boys here that are huge on, on family. Yep. Um, you know, as is you know, you know, obviously everyone that that. Um, plays in the NRL, but you know, in particular those boys, they were, you know, a little bit concerned about, you know, how long they potentially would stay away and, and not see their loved ones. So that that was an issue. We also only came over with a backpack, mate. We you know we were here for two days to play a game of footy. We don't really have anything um, in terms of you know clothes or, or, or here to, to prepare for for, for a game of footy. So um, you know, at the moment, I think it's important that we approach it week by week. Uh, we, we got a game of footy and, and a performance that we need to put on on Saturday. So yeah, at the moment, that's our focus. Blake Braith here, mate. At the start, it was well, I thought you guys were going to stay for a few weeks. That was the, the original decision. But did you guys change to head back after seven days? Was that the decision that was made today? I, I just think, Braith, because of the uncertainty of, of how everything was going, we're, obviously uh, the NRL sort of received some intelligence that... Um, that Australia was going to make that decision on their borders uh, today. So um, because that prevents us sort of bringing people over and putting them in isolation, we just decided that, uh, you know, we would we would choose to do the, the seven days up here and see where it takes us. You know, for all we know, the comp, the comp could relocate somewhere else and, and we'd be on the move again. So we just thought we'd just go week by week and then, you know, Todd will address us and, and give us an update when necessary. Well, Blake Green, really appreciate your time. I know it's uh, very troubling for you and, of course, all of the playing group and the families and the fans and the members and all the staff associated with the New Zealand Warriors. Uh, we wish you all the best. We hope you can enjoy just an extended stay and, and hopefully we'll get a solution really, really quickly. Cheers, Bonnie. Thanks. Good luck, mate. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. That's right. I mean, we're just yeah. we're in such uncertain times. Does, Hoops, does it, does it put a bit of pressure on the NRL here with their decision? Because now they head back, they can't come back within a two-week period. So does it, would it change their decision-making going forward? Well, as the power brokers outlined today, Braith, it's all changing on such an hourly and daily basis that nothing is off the table. So literally, there's that many options open. Um, they're talking, we'll get through round two, and then beyond that, as Blake just touched on there, we could see part of the competition relocated to Darwin. But can we they could be playing games out they go, of they can't well, so, well they, they won't be able to go home because yeah. then they won't be able to get back in. Right. So they'll have to stay here. Okay. They'll so have to are stay they essentially here. being held hostage oh, in no. Australia <laughs> for the sake of the premiership? <laughs> yeah. No, and no one's. If, if they don't want to stay, they oh, won't I know, have to. I know. Yeah, but what but I'm then... saying is they're going back. So they're definitely going back. They've made that decision. 
they're going back after the game. So, but then they can't return because they've got to be yeah. in quarantine for two weeks. So yep. then, essentially, they're out of the they're out of the. Well, they could be. They could weeks. be, and that perhaps that would mean that whoever's supposed to play the Warriors would end up having a bye. That's what I mean. That's what I was thinking. It's tricky. Yeah. Very it tricky. Is. A lot of pressure There's on them. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of pressure yeah. on them too. Absolutely. It's a tough Absolutely. decision for them to make yeah. with their family and friends at home and then knowing that there's so much relying on their decision possibly. I know the NRL's offered. They want to do whatever they can to try and bring any family, friends, whatever it is, mm. to try and make sure that everything's catered for. But at the same time, because of these new restrictions now in terms of people coming in as well, further complicated. Well, it was a strange old Sunday afternoon at Brookvale. We were getting uh, ball boys with gloves on. The game balls were being bleached and soaked <laughs> up and it led to an inordinate amount of errors. 27 all up between Manly and the Storm. It took over an hour just for their very first try, but it was the Melbourne Storm who kept their perfect round one record intact. Here is their coach, Craig Bellamy. Craig Bellamy, it's your 18th season with a round one win. What's the secret? Oh, I think it'll be yeah, I'm not quite sure, you know, exactly what the secret is, but we knew it was going to be a real tough game today. Come to Brookvale against Manly, you know, big, big, strong team, and, you know, with some real match winners in there, and you know, the Travoyevich boys and Cherry Evans, you know. So, you know, we knew it was going to be a real tough game today. But um, oh, I, I think, you know, we, we obviously train well uh, in the off season. We work them really hard. So it's this time of year we're, we're really fit and obviously they're keen and ready to go so I'm not quite sure what the secret is but it's a, it's a nice little um, stat to have you know to win your first game every year. We're well prepared always for the start of the season we don't particularly like to build into the season and um, hopefully Jag wins we, we want to bank wins early and um, it just helps when you come in coming into you know origin period and you know the mid-season test matches and then um, hopefully you you got a small buffer at the end and you, know, you put yourself in the finals. Cameron Munster, can I get your thoughts on that game? Um, it was very interesting, uh, obviously, watching a couple of games during the week. Uh, a lot of drop ball. Uh, wasn't much completion from both sides um, in the first half, which was pretty scrappy from us. But, um, yeah, very fortunate to get the win tonight. Um, but in saying that, we need to be better if we want to be a top four side. It was a bit of a grind, I think. Um, you know, for the first game, I thought both teams were... We're a bit sloppy, I guess, with the ball handling that, especially us. But, um, you know, it was good to, you know, I guess, end the grind with uh, a couple of tries and a good win. How did you find your combination with Jerome? Yeah, it's slowly getting there. Um, it's our third game together, obviously, other than our pre-season games. But, yeah, it was positive signs. Um, we had some not really nice touches, but then we had some really bad touches. So, um, yeah, we just need to be a little bit more consistent, consistent in that kind of regard as well with our hands. And um, if we can do that, we can go a long way to um, giving this competition a shake. With the whole coronavirus situation that's happening in rugby league, was it was it at all difficult to focus on the football today, coming into it, wondering if, if it was going to be cancelled? No, not at all. Um, there's obviously a lot of mixed emotions and a lot of mixed results with everyone thinking about what the coronavirus, but at the end of the day, um, we go look after our welfare as well as players and also spectators as well. And at the end of the day, we don't want someone being sick and taking and giving it to their families and, and vice versa with the spectators as well. Obviously, they don't want to take it home to their families either. So there's got to be a bit of a... Uh, I guess um, somewhat leeway and some, somehow trying to try sort something out. But in saying that, um, yeah, we can't afford to lose our, the greatest game of all as well this year. Yeah, well said, Cameron Munster. It truly is. We don't want to miss out on the greatest game of all. Uh, it was a bit of a slog at Brookie, 60 minutes without a try. So when did Melbourne begin to click, me? Yeah, that was a tough battle, Von. It was a really, really physical battle, particularly through the middle. Uh, the, the forwards, obviously, Fanua Blake and Tapao were, were superb early, taking it to Karma Kamutha and Bromwich. It was brutal at times early on. 
Uh, I thought Jerome Hughes summed it up there. Both sides a little scrappy. I think for the for the Melbourne Storm, they hung tough. Manly really started to control the momentum of the game through that middle part uh, of the contest. But Melbourne, as they do, uh, whether it be round one where their record has been superb for so long, um, or whether it's been throughout the last decade, they just seem to have this wonderful knack and ability of staying in the dogfight. Uh, and while Hughes, I thought, uh, I, I'm still unsold whether that combination with Cameron Munster, whether he really complements Cameron Munster as a half, whether he will be that halfback that can get them a premiership. I'm still, I haven't seen enough of him yet, but he came up with some really important plays uh, where he kicked across for Vunavalo in the space of five minutes, giving uh, the big Fijian winger two tries. Cameron Smith was as good as I've seen, as good as I've seen, quite incredible at you know, 36, 37 years of age, he, he was just supreme at a dummy half. His little subtleties, he controlled the game, he controlled the tempo, his short kicking game terrorised them. It was an incredible performance by the number nine. Unbelievable to see he still has improvement in his game. <laughs> yeah. It's just phenomenal. He's a, he's a genius. Like, you know, you look at Melbourne and they were down four points to two at half time. And mm -hmm. as Mick alluded to, uh, Hughes and Munster probably struggling in the halves, not too much creativity. But they're just so calm and composed. They don't panic. Uh, they roll their sleeves up. They run the ball hard. They get a few quick play of the balls. They play eyes up footy. And then Jerome Hughes comes up with two massive plays off the back of the maestro in a dummy half. Smith just controlling the speed of the ruck mm. and getting them to the right positions on the field. I mean, Mel Melbourne are just going to be there when the whips are cracking. They've just got too much class. And because of the way they react, as I mentioned, they just they never get overawed by any situation. And today, again, at Brookvale away, round one, and trying to keep that 17 round one victories in a row going, yeah. and they delivered. I think, uh, I think there are plenty of positives. I think this, the scoreline didn't reflect how, how dominant Manly were at times. I thought, again, um, I thought Tom Trebojevic uh, and Daly Cherry Evans through that middle of the field, when they get moving Manly and the big blokes can do some damage, boy, they look good together. And well done to all the Manly fans turning out. It was a bit yeah. of a miserable old yeah. day at yeah. uh, Lotto Land this afternoon, but well done. All right, the, the Dragons, they bombed some late chances in the gong against the West Tigers. It was a special performance from Benji Marshall. He scored a try, he set up two, and of course, he kicked four goals as well. But it was also a wonderful return to first grade for Josh Reynolds. Plenty of energy tonight, mate. Yeah, mate, plenty, plenty bottled up. Block, but um, yeah, it's obviously just good to be back out there. But made a special group here. We really do. Yeah. What about uh, Brooksy being out for a few weeks? Uh, that, that really gives you a, a position in the team. Yeah, it's very unfortunate, mate. He's the he's the little general of his team, and you could see that you know a couple of boys' heads went down when he um when he went down because he's such a good bloke as well, and, and you don't want to see anyone injured. But as you said, it's it's an opportunity for me to to step back into that halves role. Plenty to work on from today, but. Yeah, I'm just good to be back, Bob. Yeah, tell me about that energy role, mate. You, you, a couple of mistakes there from your teammates. You try to make up for it straight away. Yeah, it's it's probably what I base my game on. You know, it's it's obviously a bit different, mate. I went you know, going into hooker all preseason and doing all that stuff, but then when I get back into, I suppose the half halves, it's a uh, a lot more natural for myself. But yeah, I got to build build on that performance. But um, yeah, it's just happy to get the win. A lot of talk about playing in front of empty stadiums next week. Wouldn't worry you, would it? Nah, no way, mate. I don't, I don't want any more preseason with Madge, I'll tell you that much. It's been tough, has it? Oh, mate, it's been tough. So, yeah, let's play. Oh, good on you, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks for joining us. And play on, we will. Great to see Josh Reynolds back and smiling, enjoying his footy and playing some good footy as well. And as he said, 
It, geez, she's been a long old off-season with Michael McGuire. Yeah, Sergeant McGuire, Vaughn, they reckon he doesn't miss over the pre-season. Can so. imagine. Back to his cheeky best, too, wasn't he? He was. He was into him at the end. He gave his old <laughs> mate James Graham a nice old rev up. Uh, the Englishman didn't take too kindly to it. Um, but he had some good moments. He, he had a target on him. Tarek Sims knocked him around uh, a couple of times and squared him up right at the end, landed one right on his jaw, which I think will get Tarek in some hot water, to be honest, given his record. But, um, yeah, look, I thought him and Benji did some, did yeah. some special things. The Dragons... Ruining some missed opportunities, some some really missed opportunities. But we yeah. talked about Cameron uh, Smith, but Benji Marshall is in a league of his own as well. Braith, how is he continuing to turn up and still have the finesse and the touch on all these games? Well, you know, I, I had a bit of a question mark. Heading, I'll be straight up heading into the season. I, I was worried about Benji because obviously, as you get older in the halves, it, it gets harder. You know, and he's not he doesn't exactly have the most dominant forward packet ahead of him, getting getting him those quick play the balls and and dominating oppositions like you would at the Melbourne Storm or the Roosters, which makes his performance even more special. But the, the guy's improvement with game management and just dictating terms, his kicking game was first class today. Yeah. Pretty much I, one I of thought, the game. I thought a, a real good point from Benji that he made when he was interviewed by Blocker uh, at the end of the game was exactly what you just said. You know, you can often lose parts of your game as, as you get towards the back end of yeah. your career, and he's got a real focus on running the footy. Yep. And that's key for Benji. When Benji runs the footy, everything else comes off it. His short kicking game comes off it. His ability to create space for his outside men comes off it. I thought he did a good job with Luciani uh, Leilua yeah. today, and also Joey in their first stint together. And also young Garner. He's going to be a nice player, that, that kid on the left edge for, for the Tigers. So good, some good signs, but Boy, I reckon Mary will have a sleepless night tonight. Some missed oh. opportunities. Boy, they missed some chances. So Oof. why are the Dragons should have, could have, would have? They should have won that. Oh, on. Here we go again. It's Groundhog Day. We have this conversation every season like clockwork. Uh, there it is, one of the bomb tries towards the closing stages of the game. Uh, there was another one in the aftermath as well here. Uh, I don't know what the answer is. Like they had the big season review, which was a bit of a Clayton's review at the end of last year. Gus Gould came in. Mary McGregor survived. Now we've got Flano in there as an assistant as well. I don't know what the answer is, Vaughn. You know what concerned me? There was a poor Vaughn. He made a break. or He was, he was supporting back up the middle no at one stage. There was no support there. Mm. They're, they're the little things. Like those, those finishes, that, that comes down to psychologically, mentally, no confidence whatsoever. You can see that in their eyes at times. You look at them and they look like deer in the headlights. You know, And they're obviously a little bit nervous heading into the season, a lot of pressure on them individually, a lot of pressure on them as a club. But you just got to deliver. You know, Ben Hunt and Corey Norman in those situations, you just need to, you just need to deliver. Even Tyson Frizzell there, he had a great game. I mean, he was their best player. And he palmed Benji off a couple of times and he had a chance to win the game for them and just couldn't find the pass. You got to find that pass. You just can't, they can't keep delivering that week in and week out, year in and year out. Well, Mary's not going to have long because as long as the games go on and as long as they continue down this trajectory, the noise will become deafening mm. about him. You saw their fans at the back end of last season. They, they wanted a change and they will only get louder and louder the more that they continue to dish up what they did today. And it's a, start, a tough uh, start to the year in terms of the draw for the St George Illawarra And they may well. not have Sims next week either. Correct. Yeah, against the Panthers, who were terrific last night. We'll Weren't they? Shortly. All right, we're going to look at the Panthers yeah. coming up. You're watching the Big League Wrap. Season 3 of Westworld begins tomorrow on Foxtel. 
There they are, the Panthers. They got all worked up after beating the world champions in the West. It was an outstanding rugby league performance from Cleary, from Coruscant, from Kickout and from Crichton, who ran onto the field and scored a try in his very first touch. Fox League's Corey Parker was right in the thick of it. Seems like there's a real belief within this footy side. I know it's only one game, but to fight back against the defending premiers was nice. Yeah, definitely, mate. You know, we talked about it all pre-season about being resilient. You know, the team's so young, you know, they all just want to be here and, you know, they really showed that hunger that second half. Yeah, well, this is a gritty win, I thought. You know, um, we did start poorly to start the game, we're under a lot of pressure. Uh, as I said, I thought mentally it took us a while to, I think the try helped. And then um, yeah, once we got close enough, um, I thought we were always a chance and that's how it worked out. Obviously it wasn't the start of the game where we wanted, but um, the start of the season is, uh, I guess the World Champs made a great win to get away with it. And um, yeah, hopefully we can get another one next week. Sauce, I know you're a big soccer fan. Talk me through that kick, a little bit of something. Yeah, and I just uh, had to look up and I saw all the boys, uh, all the Rooster point, uh, players just converging on the corner. I looked up and I saw the big lanky Stevie Crichton in the middle, so I tried my luck and uh, lucky it pulled off. Yeah, well done, mate. You're still looking good. Thanks, guys. I likewise. What <laughs> <laughs> oh, a man oh, love. Yeah. yeah, good. The sauce and Corey Parker, very good. Uh, the Roosters attack. <laughs> he loves the rap park. He did not need a song. He did get it back. My word. For no, sure he not as silly as he looks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Roosters attack was disappointing, and that comes from yeah. their coach, Trent Robinson. He said, I just don't know what it was. You know, we just couldn't get our act together so early. Look, uh, I mean, but take nothing away from the Panthers. Yeah. They grew into that game. Yeah, and I think you can see in, you know, the shots there from in, in the sheds, just the harmony in the place. I mean, this time last year, you only got to think back, you know, there was a lot of distractions around the, the playing group. Um, and this 12 months down the track, we've got Nathan Cleary coming on the post-game show last night with his chest out, so confident, so mature. And I thought that reflected in the resilience in their footy side. I thought the, the, the Roosters came out of the gun like we expected them to really powering through the middle. I thought Tokiaho and Hargreaves were enormous. Uh, and on the back of that, it really brought Tedesco into the game and they really started to, to cause some headaches. Jake Friend came up with a really nice try assist, set up a nice try for Tokiaho. But in amongst all that, there was just this resilience of the Panthers just staying in the fight. Luai came up with a nice play, a nice little yeah. short kick uh, that Naden collected. And, and you know, you know, we talk about this coronavirus, we talk about no fans being uh, in the ground. We were there last night, Von, and, and the energy in the place when Naden went over, all of a sudden there was a bit of belief and the fans smelt that and they got behind, behind the home side and they came out a different team in the second half. They, they came out with belief. Appy Coruscant was tremendous and turned the game with some scampering runs from dummy half uh, and his ability to unlock Nathan Cleary, I thought was first class. We saw it last year and what he was capable of doing with Daly Cherry Evans, and he had immediate impact um, with Nathan Cleary. Oh, he's a player, Coruscant. Yeah. He's a player, and I'd say Manly probably missed him today, to be honest, out of dummy half. I yeah. mean, he brings so much, and Penrith have really missed or lacked someone like him, haven't they, the past couple of seasons? Yeah, I, I said last night on the panel, I was, I was absolutely stunned, because playing against Coruscant, he was so difficult to defend. He was so... Uh, so unorthodox with the way he played. He's not your traditional dummy half like a Smith or a Hodgson where he pulls and probes. And, and he wasn't an explosive dummy half like Cook, you know, or Craig Wing, those type of players back in the day. This guy comes out and he's so deceptively strong and he ducks and weaves. And then all of a sudden he's got short playing around the marker that can really unsettle the middle third of the field. And I thought we saw that last night. They, they just didn't know how to handle him. And through frustration, they tried to... They tried to dominating physically, but he's so it's strong. Tough. Yeah, you think of Isaac Luke back, you know, in his early parts of his career where he was uncontainable at times. 
And Coruscant's like that. And, you know, 100 metres, over 100 metres last night. More importantly, upwards of 50 tackles. Yeah, enormous. And was just dominant through the middle. It's only early days. Like, as you like say, you don't win competitions in March. No. It's one game of footy. But the Panthers, they've been hyped up for the last four or five seasons as a top four side, as possible premiership winners. This year, with the additions of Coruscant, you look at Capewell, They've bought well with Tatavano as well, but I reckon one of their most important signatures could well be on the coaching staff, Trent Barrett, yeah, because bro. he's looking after their attack. He's going to work specifically with Nathan Cleary. That's one of the best games I've seen from Cleary last night, one of the most complete performances Agreed. from the 40-20 yep. to the clutch plays when the game was on the line to put Kikau over. Mm. It was really impressive. I don't think it's, there's no coincidence that Coruscant coming into the side and his performance too frees Cleary up, right? Get those quick play the balls, the service that he delivers to him. Yep. Brings the best out of Luai, who I've got a big rap on, who's kind of treaded water a little bit last year, but his combination we, we saw last night with Cleary was exceptional. But it's those big plays that we know that Cleary's got in him that he can come up with, which is vital to any side. But his consistency, I think, throughout the season, that's a beautiful pass, great execution here. I mean, it, to, to, to show up Joey Manu, who's one of the best centres in the game, with a simple, just little... Mm. Slide of hand was, was quite brilliant. I, I thought his composure out Sean Keery and, and young Flanagan yeah, by himself in the sense that he was really patient. They blasted through the middle of the Roosters uh, in the opening stages. And, and at times the Panthers really struggled to contain them. But he never overplayed his hand. He, he was happy to sit back and continue just to steer the side. You touched on his kicking game hoops. Yeah, it was almost... I mean unrecognisable in the first half because the Roosters were so dominant. But if you actually strip it back, it was he was just keeping himself in the game and he was really composed and kicked well and kept his side in the contest. But when the game started to speed up, that's when he took control of the game. I'll tell you what I was a little bit surprised with, Mick, was the tactic to start Viliami kick out yep. from the bench. If he starts, he's up against young Flanagan playing his first NRL game for the Roosters, or you can shift him to the I, other I side and he's on theory. I asked that And he can do all sorts of damage. And Nathan said that, because I said, I said, your dad rolled the dice and didn't, didn't start him. He said he came in underdone. So whether it, we noticed that he didn't play in the trial down in Burger, maybe he picked up an injury when he was pulling blokes apart he over in Perth. Than That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so maybe, maybe he picked up some injury there. But um, I, I was concerned when, when they lost him midway through that first half with what looked to be a shoulder yeah. or pec injury. But he shook that off and came back with the match win. I mean, he, he is a, he's a star, isn't he? Yeah. He's a player. Yeah. He's a player. Well, the Rabbitohs, they nearly had their win stolen by the Sharks. Only four points between them. It was some comeback from Cronulla. Even Wayne Bennett had to admit the Rabbitohs got lucky on this one. Yeah, it was a funny old game, this one. Uh, I thought, you know, the, the Sharks probably really didn't come into the contest. I mean, they started, they, sorry, they started well in the opening minutes and then South Sydney really started to find their groove with Tom Burgess, Liam Knight and Totola. They really did some damage through the middle. Cook and Walker were starting to, to probe and, and accelerate through the back end of that first half and caused some headaches. Got out to a 22-8 lead, Braith, and mm. uh, I, I felt like they started, they started to defend their lead. They, they just put the cue in the rack, took the foot off the gas. Yeah, I that, thought the same. I mean, Cronulla... I was surprised with their comeback. So it showed a lot. I think Morris would be really happy with his side and the fact that they come back into the game. And yeah, if, absolutely. If, if Connor Tracy just runs that ball or throws it backwards, Cronulla possibly win it. Oops. The big talking points from a Rabbitohs point of view, Braith, Latrell at fullback yeah. and Cameron Murray on an edge. What was your verdict? Oh, you know, I think Latrell... I'm not so sure. I don't know, I don't know what that move was all about with, with Wayne. I, I don't know if he thinks he's just underdone and... 
you're just going to ease him into the season. I, I mean, I said in the Fox podcast a few weeks ago that Latrell's got plenty of potential, but you've got to be patient with him. You know, he's got to get that, those legs and that match fitness. Still strange, but to go off so early and then when the game was at a critical I, stage, he yeah. come back on. I, I understand, and, and Wayne clarified it post-game. Man. I, I understand the, the welfare side of things in terms of you know, looking after his Ferrari. You know, it's been a big off-season purchase, and the guy can win them. The, like he, he can be the one that, that wins yeah. them the big games. I understand that. But if you put it in context, this is a bloke that's, what, 22 years of age? Um, you've got guys like Jake Trebojevic and James Fisher-Harris that didn't play any pre-season games, both come off serious injuries, and both played 80 minutes. James Fisher-Harris had 166 metres last night in the middle of the field, 34 tackles. Jake Trebojevic today had 10 runs for 68 and 46 tackles and 80 minutes. And we've got a guy who's playing fullback who had four runs mm. and had to come off after 55 or 56 minutes. I, I don't understand it. When, it. when it's your big gun, like I, I, don't, I don't understand it. Wayne's obviously got a theory there. Because Valentine Holmes on Friday night, who hasn't played the game for 18 months, came out and played 80 minutes. Yeah, he was a bit scrappy, but he stayed out there for the fight and ended up himself with upwards of 150 metres and was busy with 13 or 14 carries. If there's anyone who knows how to get the best out of elite players, it's Wayne yeah. Bennett. But he's yeah. got a big challenge here. He has got a significant challenge here because clearly... Latrell, he's had enough of a pre-season. OK, he didn't arrive at Redfern until January, but he's had enough time to get himself fit. Now, Jack he doesn't Whiten look fit Jack enough Whiten at the moment. Jack didn't come back January. Did you see him on Friday night? Correct. You know, like, he looked like he, a thoroughbred racehorse. He doesn't look fit enough at the moment I, I, to be playing 80 minutes. I'm interested to see what happens this week, if, if he does the same thing. Oh, he's got to start him. And then, no, yeah, no, he's going to start him. No, I reckon he'll start him. I've heard this is yeah, a plan. I think he'll start yeah, him. But does he pull him off at around the same time? Or does he try and play him 80 minutes? Yeah. Well, it was no surprise that they led 22-8 to when he left the field. And they almost got their pants pulled down. If yeah. Connor Tracy gets that play right, should have yep. got it right. Really. Absolutely, um, you know. And if Morris and Ramian were, were in the centres and they hadn't had the disruption with Mulatalo going off, which then forced Connor Tracy out of position into that centre position. If Josh Morris is there, they nail that, yeah. and they win. Sean Johnson was electric. I think the, the the big alarming thing for as as proud as Morris will be, with the resilience and the fight that the Sharks showed, it was alarming and stood out like you know what's <laughs> that, that Sean Johnson's got to get his hands on the yeah. footy a lot more for the Sharks because they were electric yeah. when, he, when he grabbed the game are we on late what? enough for you to confirm what you <laughs> know what's up? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> More action from the opening round of this NRL Premiership plus the Broncos big Pengai problem you're watching Big League Rap Now Carrigan out to Fafida Look out! He gets past. He goes through. He swept by. Now, oh, beautiful step! David Fafita goes all the way. What a try, David Fafita! The left foot step, the right foot step, the afterburners. That is sensational. Well, that is what the evolution of an NRL player looks like. David Fafita making the small men look foolish. Here are all the results from round one of this NRL Premiership. The Broncos, they rode roughshod all over the Cowboys. Great defensive wins by the Eels, the Raiders, the Knights and the Storm. Only 10 points the difference between the West Tigers and the Dragons in the end. So here is the ladder, thanks to Tab. 
Newcastle Knights fans, there you are, right up the top. Look at you go. You are the Premiership leaders after the opening weekend. The Raiders, the Storm and West Tigers are our top four. Broncos, Eels, Panthers and Souths round out the top eight. The rest were round one losers. No other way to say it, but Harsh. there you go. Oh, yeah. Jeez, you've come out sweet. Yeah. No, I don't. I'm sorry. Put the boot in. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Season's <to> over. <laughs> well, speaking of round one losers, Tavita Pangai Jr. just doesn't seem to quite get it. He is in trouble again. He's going to sit out the next four weeks um, for clobbering Justin O'Neill late. Now, he's just come back from a five-week suspension, James Hooper. The NRL match committee must must just scratch their heads and say, why doesn't he get it? What, like, and how do you control his aggression but not lose the impact out of his game? He's got to pull his head in, Vaughan. I love Pangai as a player. He's an aggressor. And you know, we all remember that uh, one-on-one duel that he had with Jason Tormalolo when he made it personal last season. But eight weeks last year, now another four weeks to begin this season. Uh, you look at some of the firebrands that had to reform the way that they played over the years. Mark Guy, Paul Gallen, Greg Bird. I just feel as though Tavita's in similar territory now, Mick, because any charge that he gets hit with, like the reason he's had to accept the early four weeks is because his loading is so jacked up that anything he does like this that's yeah. on the edge and, and, and red lining, he just runs into trouble. Yeah, it's just such a shame because I, I love the enforcer in the game and, and he plays that role so well at times. And I thought during periods of that game, you know, on, on one edge we saw what David Fafita was capable of and on the other side, Tavita was manhandling blokes and Haas in the middle. The three of them together are so dynamic and powerful, but he's just got to cut it out. Like, it's just it's unnecessary. He doesn't need to do it. He's a quality player. We've seen some of the things he's done, but he's costing his side immensely because, you know, you look at them, they haven't got Alex Glenn now. He's out with a calf injury and their depth Lodge already. is not there. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah. He's and got to take his medicine because up to this point, he said he's not going to tone down his style. He's not going well, to he change has to. He needs well, he to. Has to. He needs to now. Like that stuff, mate, take him on, head on. But when a bloke's laying on the ground, you know, coming in and cheap-shotting him with, with your shoulder... You know, like it, there's just there's nothing good Hang that comes on, out. Sorry, of it. I'm just having a few flashbacks. <laughs> Mate, I was 80 kilos. I was allowed to do that. But the blokes are 115 kilos. Slotten blokes. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. The other big. It was narrative. fair game when I played. <laughs> Stones yeah. the, yeah. the other big narrative out of the game was Val Holmes. Yeah. What'd you make of it? His return game. Yeah, I thought he was pretty good. A little bit rusty. He's definitely going to get better. He had some classy touches like this. Uh, come up with a few errors. Uh, you know, I think their, their attack as a whole can improve for them. Uh, he was busy still, you know, as Mick was talking about earlier, it was his first game in a long period of time. He looked fit, but, you know, it's his first run, so we can't expect too much. Um, you know, obviously that's an error that he came up with that we wouldn't think that he'd come up with too often. Uh, you know, Mick, what do you think? I, I mean, I, I, it was OK. Yeah, he still moved across the ground yeah. really well. I thought he was busy. I thought he had some really good moments, but I think it's just going to it's gonna take some time because, you know, the, the, the attack that he played with at Cronulla, um, you know, a, a number of seasons ago, was completely different, completely different, you know, to, compared to... Well, timing Morgan. too. And that's right. Timing, you know. new team, new combinations, yeah. Well, they two game. side to side, the Cowboys? Yeah, I thought so yeah. at times. And I, and I think that they probably played a little bit of their nine style in the 13-a-side game where, where they looked to move the ball wide too early when, when they had that dominance through the middle and stayed there uh, with, with Granville and Robson. I think that's when they looked their best. And if you can get Morgan and also uh, Young Drinkwater playing nice and direct, Val's at his best through the middle. Yeah, Val, Val plays his best football through the middle. He is so strong through the centre third of his body and his support play through the middle is, is when he's at his best. 
Coach Paul Green said just everyone relax. Val's brilliance will yeah. come. It's, it's fair just cool. the first yeah. game. Yeah, everyone cool. just relax. All right, the Raiders, they hit the ground running over the Titans. 24-6 to 6 the final score at GIO Stadium. Ricky Stewart just thrilled the way his Clive Churchill medalist, Jack Whiten, has begun 2020. Two late tries, a 40-20. Uh, now in his second season, firmly at 5'8", is he everything you want now? Is he the new standard, that big, aggressive, running style of half? Well, I think that we've been lucky in the game that we've always been able to have those types of players. You know, when you think of guys like uh, Brad Fittler, Trent Barrett, Braith, you know, those Laurie. players, Laurie, yeah. He was exceptional, Vaughn. That, that opening 35 minutes was as dominant that I've ever seen in the opening round of a season, particularly from, from a 5'8". Jack's really going to press hard. I think I heard Ricky say after the game that he's a representative 5'8". I know he had a lot of success for New South Wales in that left centre position. And his versatility uh, you know, is so handy. But, boy, he's grabbed that 5'8 jersey. Yeah, I thought George Williams was impressive too, Mick. But you're right, the, the game management, the evolution of his passing game, Jack Whiten, and his kicking game, and I don't think anyone could have predicted where he has come in the last couple of seasons from fullback to 5'8". The transition has been a masterstroke, but he has made it that way. He has made it his own. So impressive. He had, he had, this time last year, he'd had three weeks of training at 5'8". He prepared all pre-season of playing fullback, and they picked up uh, Charles Nicol Clogstad three weeks before the <laughs> trial period and moved into the 5-8 yeah. role, and now, without doubt, one of the best 5-8s in the competition. Good and the form he showed on the weekend, he was the best 5-8. Well, it's been an extraordinary opening round in many, many ways. James Hooper, Braith and Aston Michael Ennis, thank you so much. And, of course, fans sitting at home, we will keep you right up to date with all the latest information on what will unfold throughout this premiership, foxsports.com.au. That is the Big League Wrap. We'll catch you next week. Moses, the kick low. It's lost by Lewis. Inside the upright, here's a chance, they score again, it is Emre Gula. Don, back on the angle, beats two, still going Anthony Don. That's the honest Gula in the gap was Elliot Whitehands. The dummy, the try from Turpin. Now Holmes, now Holmes, fouls over. Now a little bit of space for Katoni Staggs, oh he puts on the step and he gets over. This is trouble, and Kyle Felt, a saloon passage to the line. That's off Cowboys' hands, that could be a Broncos try. David Fafina goes all the way. Now Isarco, oh yes! Now Drinkwater, beautiful pass, that's delightful. It's Ben Hampton, it's a try. Inside the side, Feedy went over the top of Blair. Man knows they can score now. He finds Dedrick Lee to do exactly that. Puts a kick in. Connor into space. Got a room service bounce. Reynolds shapes the kick. Ducks under Graves. Tackle it. Reynolds goes for it and scores. Beautiful pass. Wayne Graves. Oh, it was like clockwork. Over the top. Campbell Graham. Where was the defence? Walker again goes to the ground. Ethan Lowe collects the ricochet. Cut out ball to Katoa. A superb catch. The kick over the top by Flanagan. Mansell hands above it, lost it. Friend with the ball, great kick. The Lions put the kick through. Here comes Flanagan, the score. Mansell, four cover defenders. 
Fisher Harris with it. They're set up on the left. Off leg. Kick out. Yes, sir. Kicks over the top. Can he find Surly? This time he can. Kicking for Surly. Arcee Renovalo. He's got it again. Last play. Smith, the kick to win goal. Well, he may have got the try. Lomax on the chase. Bouncing ball. West Tigers haven't made a tackle yet and they concede a penalty try first up. Reynolds finds Marshall, pinpoint kick, bending, gifted them a try. Zach Lomax, dynamic move, he got there. Kick in behind, Chase is on, he's got that bend going again. Norfolk Loma deserves to be, be the match winner. This has been a Fox Sports production.